Hello everyone, I am Basirat Razak Shoaib, a board certified cognitive specialist and the founder of the Winfrey Center for Children and Women. I hope that so far you have enjoyed the Akada Children's Book Festival. In this session, I will be talking to you about the million dollar baby, recognizing and nurturing talented children. Before I start, I want you to take a good look at this. Have you seen it? Good look. So I want you to tell me or make a mental note of this question I'm about to ask. What is the value of the sheet of paper to you? If I give the sheet of paper to you, what would the value be? What would it be worth to you? Make a mental note of your answer and We'll talk about it before the end of the session. So how do we nurture talented kids? How do we find the talent and nurture the talent? As a parent, we want the best for our kids. I mean, it's, it's just, it's normal. It's what we want for our children to do well. The question is, every child has something how do we find that thing and how do we nurture it such that they become the best that they that they're meant to be let me tell you a story of a young lady her name is jojo siwa jojo is a singer she is um, an actress and a youtube personality she's also a nickelodeon star on YouTube, she has up to 10 million followers, a massive following online. She is very well known for her song, Boomerang, which has had over 800 million views on YouTube. She is also well known for appearing on a dance reality TV show. It's called Dance Moms she appeared on two episodes of dance moms and that was where that, that was where you know she got um her that was when she came into limelight and she's also very famous for always wearing you know very colorful bows on her head and jojo jojo's 17 now but when she was two her mom is a, a dance instructor when jojo was two there was nothing before she turned to about one and a half there was nothing really spectacular about her just you know the child that would just go to the dance studio with the mother and and that was just it. it it wasn't like she was dancing at that time it wasn't like she had any spectacular moves or anything by the time she turned two she started showing interest in in dance and music so when, when her dad would go and pick her from the dance studio, she wouldn't want to leave. And her mom started taking notice of that. After she turned two, there was, there was just, you know, a day that she eventually um, 
showed her first move and her mom was like oh wow that's good at least <laughs> we'll get something out, 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 out of this whole um, dance studio thing and she encouraged Jojo to continue to do the dance move and it was just the one dance move she'll do to a particular song and she started showing off Jojo's dance moves to family and friends and relatives such that when they came to visit they would you know look forward to seeing that particular dance move but she had on her mind you know so much more it, it was just that was the thing that Jojo gave her look I, I like I like attention and I like this particular dance and and she was she was for her age of two she seemed you know really confident and she just liked to be the center of attraction and that was it that, that was what she had and she was like okay I was gonna make something from this and so uh, when she became five um, her mom enrolled her, put, put her in for a dance competition. And at, at that time, she was too young to get into some of the roles. But eventually, she was able to, when she turned seven, she was able to um, audition for a dance TV show. And in the process of that auditioning, she, or in the, in the process of doing that particular program, she also... Um, was asked to come and join the dance mom's TV show. Now, what her mom did was constantly encouraging her to make sure that um, to make sure that she got the right um, she got the right people to see Jojo. She put Jojo in the limelight. So whenever there was an opportunity, she would take it up and how can I get her? She wanted, at some point, she wanted Jojo to be Hannah Montana. She, there, were, there were so many things, but she was always just looking for an opportunity, you know, to showcase Jojo's skills. And so they, Jojo and her mom went on this dance show together. And while they were on the show, you know, they were very, they had this villain type attitude where they, they 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 always you know spoke about how they were going to win and all of that and some people didn't really like it in fact at that time there was a backlash on the mom for pushing Jojo too hard you know but she wanted the girl to be a star and she thought you know what this girl has what it takes I'm just going to push her. I'm going to encourage her to do the best that she can also Jojo was homeschooled. I mean, it wasn't because it wasn't because of all of the traveling that was going to happen later on. It was just because at an early age, Jojo was reading at a level that was above where maybe children of that age or the, of that age were reading. So it was just let me let me homeschool this child and. She got popular from after the first TV reality show where she came fifth. She went on to the Dance Moms TV reality show, and that was really where she became popular. And after that, um, after after that particular show, she set up her YouTube um, channel, 
you know, to just allow people see an, another side of her where she could just really be herself and all of that. Given that, you know, th there were some things that happened on TV that didn't go down so well. Anyway, um, she set up the YouTube channel. She got a huge following and, you know, people just really, really loved her personality, loved her person. And they still do. They still love her person. And then, you know, she started making these bowls. All through this period, the mom was constantly ensuring that wherever there was an opportunity, she'd take it up, she'd put the girl up for opportunities. If they had to do something, it should be there. She was she was a momager at, at that time as well. So managing her daughter and being a mom at the same time. And Georgia started to grow. And over time, what has happened is that she has grown tremendously to the point where the last time she was asked what the value of her brand was she said it was worth a million a billion dollars not a million it was worth a billion dollars now that's a that's 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 a lot of money if you ask me it's not that she has this money in her account but you know the brand that she's built over the years she's now into beddings she makes the fancy um, bowls she had a contract with Claire's she works with Nickelodeon before then she was she was doing things with Disney and all of that then she has you know the popularity that came from the song and all of this work that she's doing she's turned out really successfully but did what role did her mom play you know in getting her to this level a massive 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 role she was the one who spotted the talent she was the one who nurtured the talent and she was the one who provided the guidance you know for Georgia to get to the point where she herself could appreciate all of the work that was being done now let's leave Georgia's story for a minute and let me tell you about another person and this person is one of you know, is, is, is my favorite person. His name is Will I Am. So if you're into music, you may know who Will I Am is. He is an award-winning songwriter, producer. He's a DJ. Now he's a tech, he's a tech entrepreneur. Um, he's a musician. Is so many things. He used to be um, um, part of Black Eyed Peas. It, it was that was his musical group that he formed when he was in um, high school. So, Will I Am's story. Will I Am's mom was a single mom. Um, she has four biological children, and she, no, she has three biological children, and she adopted four more. So making a total of seven. Will grew up in a poor neighborhood, um, east side of LA, really poor neighborhood where the crime rate was quite high. And, you know, it, it was just, it was not the, the, the best place for any child to grow up. But one of the things that Will's mom did was to ensure that they were safe at all times. However, something happened very early on. Will's mom noticed that he was a bit different, you know, from all the children. And she kept encouraging him, kept telling him, like, I want you to um, maintain your uniqueness. I want you to just, if you're different, you're different. Just don't, don't be like everyone else around you. Just be, be your, 
unique self. When he turned seven, the mom didn't enroll him in schools within his neighborhood. She started enrolling him in schools that were in other neighborhoods, like neighborhoods that were nothing even close to theirs, right? Neighborhoods where they had, you know, rich kids, nice, nice neighborhoods. So she got him into schools that um, focused on science and technology and maths, you know, what we typically call STEM now. She got him into those schools. Why would she do such a thing? And, and uh, it was at that time, it could take up to four hours for a round trip, for a, for a, a, a school round trip for Will I Am. But all of that trouble was to ensure that what she had seen in her child, if it wasn't going to be nurtured or developed in the neighborhood where they lived, she was going to do everything possible to get him to, to just make sure that, you know, he got the best out of his talent and himself by going somewhere else. Now, you would probably appreciate that it wasn't the most convenient convenient thing to do at that time but she did it anyway and when um will was in 11th grade he got his first music um his his first music contract but that's not where that's not what makes um will's story particularly fascinating for me what i love about will's story is that Will has something called ADHD. Um, it's, it's the acronym for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. So as you can probably tell from the name, it is a um, neurological disorder. You, you can tell children who have Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, um, they, they struggle with um, attention and focus. And sometimes, so it could be two ways, it could be, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or attention deficit disorder so sometimes some children don't have the high uh, hyperactivity aspect of it and some other children have that um, hyperactivity so you can find that these children are all over the place usually very bright but they're all over the place you know they present with behavior beha difficult behavior and all of that so Will has ADHD, but look at what this guy has done. He has won so many awards for his music. He has written songs for, you know, people that other people, he has produced so many things. And now he's into tech. He's working, he, he, he's a part owner of um, Beats. So you know the headphones company Beats by Dre, yeah? He's also a part owner of Beats. He has his own um, tech company now where they produce um, phone, phone accessories. So he has um, a smartwatch and also some phone. Anyway, again, in Will I Am's story, the critical thing is what he is today 
is a huge function of how his mom recognized and nurtured his talent. His mom recognized that he was different. His mom recognized that there was something unique about him. And she didn't just leave it and say, you know what, this is going to. So in the two stories I have told you, you can see that there's this somewhat a pattern. Number one is the moms. Or, I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some people who don't have moms. Maybe they have just dads. But the parent paid attention to what was going on with the child. So here are five things I, I, I can share with you about recognizing and nurturing talented children. Number one is your mindset. Your mindset about a child. You see, before a child is born, we all have like this fancy ideas of maybe, oh, I, I don't, I don't know. It would, be, it would be nice to have a child who can do, who can do this or who can do that. The moment a child is born, what we get? A blank piece of paper. Now we don't know what this child. When I said, what is this worth to you? To some people, it's just, you know, a blank piece of paper. What could this be possibly worth anyway? There's nothing on it. I haven't written anything on it. It's, it's, you can say, oh, maybe it doesn't have any value. Until when I tell you, oh, um, do you know that this piece of paper, I can write on it. And once I write on it, it becomes a manuscript. And then that manuscript can be converted into this. Or this, this sheet of paper can be recycled and then turned into maybe something else you know and I start telling you all the possible things that can be done with this sheet of paper that's when you start to see the value so when we give birth to our children they come to us like a blank sheet of paper how are we then going to ensure that when the sheet of paper comes to us we don't just see a sheet of paper how are we going to ensure that? By maintaining a very positive mindset. You need, your mindset is so important. You need to, from the moment you have the child, even before you have the child, you need to believe that I am going to, so I am going to have a worthy child, right? I'm going to believe in my child. My child is a special child. And this is not to say, you know, special in terms of special needs or anything. I'm going to have a child. My child is going to be special. And I believe that. So I already have a positive mindset even before the sheet of paper is given to me such that when I get this sheet of paper, I don't just see a sheet of paper. I see something that can become many things. That is the power of mindset that I can see that child and say, you know what? You haven't shown me anything yet. I don't know what you're happy, but I believe that you have something in you that is special and helping the child as well believe in themselves that they have something that they carry something that is special. So mindset is so powerful. 
whatever it is that we don't conceive in our minds, it's, it is difficult to actualize. If I go around, you know, when I'm given a piece of paper and all I see is just a piece of paper, a piece of paper, a piece of paper, I would not be encouraged to want to think of all the things that I can do with this piece of paper or that this piece of paper can be converted into because all I see is but if this is given to me this gift is given to me and I'm like oh wow this piece of paper I know that you will turn out to be something beautiful I know that you will turn out to be something amazing I may not know it yet but I know that there's something special about you there's already a change in the mindset so mindset plays a critical role number two is that you need to keep your eyes peeled right you need to keep your eyes peeled if you are not observant you will miss out on the you know critical things that you should pick up from the kids and the kids will give you a cue so in the in Georgia's case it was it was it was the dance when when she turns two and her mom said that was all I had and that was what I ran with. It was just that one move. So it wasn't that, you know, she had it premeditated that the girl was going to be, you know, a dancer or anything. It was just the girl gave me a dance move and she's shown me that she has interest in, in, um, in the dance studio. And that was it. With those two things, she started work. So you need to keep your eyes peeled. You need to be observant and allow the children to show you what it is that they like, what it is that they enjoy. And at this point, I'll quickly share a story about my younger son. I have two sons. Um, my older son's eight, my younger son's five. Now, by the time my younger son turned, um, by the time he, just before he turned three, he started showing interest in clocks and numbers. And for me, it was just, okay, what is this one is going to pass? And but it didn't pass. In fact, it did everything else but pass. By the time he turned three, so he was in nursery, before he turned four, he could already tell time to, to quarter of an hour. Listen, I didn't teach him. I do not take any credit for it. I did not teach him. He could tell the time to quarter of an hour and it's not typically expected for his age. Now he's five. We're talking about, you know, um, more complex things. Now he can tell to the minutes, but now we do more abstract questions. Like, you know, if I started this now, what, what, and the time and the clock is X minutes late, what would they have been? And he has such love for numbers. I don't know where he got it from, I but here is the thing. I picked it up. I was observant. I picked it up. And the moment I picked it up, once he got into reception, now he's about to start year one. Once he got into reception, I started thinking, what am I going to do with the skill? This boy is showing me something and he's, he's, he's so strong. You know, he's showing me something. What am I going to do with it? This love for clocks, this love for numbers. I'm not going to let it waste away. Now, whether it, it can be a talent he has you know and it can be latent until someone nurtures it so now I am investigating I'm looking for all the possible things that I can help him achieve with his love for numbers and his love for clocks and that's what I'm trying to say to you to, that you need to keep your eyes peeled you need to be observant and still on this point I'm also going to say 
and one other thing it's possible that we have children where um, we have children who maybe have brought back their grades so maybe not at my son's age all the children who have brought back their grades and you find that okay a child maybe didn't do well in maths and they did well in say PE or swimming what are you going to do? You're just going to focus on, oh, right, uh, this child didn't do well in maths. Let me get them, um, let me get the child a maths teacher. What I would suggest is get a child, a PE coach, a swimming coach, because a child who has come back doing exceptionally well in an area is trying to tell you something. I love this thing. I enjoy doing it. And perhaps I might be able to make something out of it get the guy get the child a coach what's the worst that can happen you'll be wrong right okay oh yeah you followed it you followed it you followed it and nothing came out of it it's better that way than you never followed it and it just something that could have been you know something that could have blossomed you have left you know to just be idle so that's number two number three is that you need to not rush the child no pressure so no rush, no pressure, and let it be fun. You see, there's, there's this undue pressure that parents tend to mount on their children when they expect them to perform at a certain level. So you have to be this, you must do it at this level. If you're already doing well in piano, and, and you, if, if, you, if you recall from the story, Jojo's mom suffered a backlash at some point, like, why are you pushing this child so hard? It was, and she said, look, I want this girl to be a star. I want this girl to be a star. And that could have its downside because what if it's too much for the child? What if maybe, yeah, the child loves dancing or singing or whatever, but the child doesn't want what you want for them. So no pressure. And also it's possible that, you know, you've set such high expectations for the child and they're not meeting it just yet. Despite the fact that they are talented, they're not meeting it just yet. And you just feel like, oh, why are you not meeting this? You will take the fun away from what it is that you're doing. And the child will get frustrated and even lose interest in, in pursuing or nurturing that thing or doing that thing which you are trying to nurture. The next one is to encourage the child to develop grit. Now, here's the thing. Talent is useless if it doesn't work hard, right? Talent, hard work will beat talent if talent doesn't work hard. So you can have someone who has talent and someone who doesn't have that same talent but is willing to work super hard and put both of them together the person who is willing to work super hard to achieve a particular thing would do better than the person who has the talent to do it simply because that talent was not put to work that talent didn't work hard so encourage the child to develop grit look persistence consistency and it will be tough there'll be disappointments but we also need to help children develop their emotional resilience to all of these things because this you know success comes with a lot of hard work and we just need to help them develop that grit and the last one is that you should take progress over perfection 
progress over perfection always that is so important it's not so much about hey um you have to be a hundred percent if the child is a 90 percent and they're struggling to get a hundred how about encouraging them to get to 91 maybe even 92 if you're so focused on them getting to a hundred when they're at 90 and they're struggling they can find it really frustrating and not want to do that thing anymore so these are my five top tips for um recognizing and nurturing talented children i will be addressing a few um, a couple of questions and the first one is is it okay for a parent to desire a status of high achievement for their children and nudge that child in that direction even though he or she is not regarded as uber talented so um typically um, i mean maybe you have a parent who just thinks oh i want my child to become a dancer simply because maybe dance runs in the family you know you you have people like that who would say oh drumming run drumming runs in a family or running or anything runs in our family and um i i want my child to become this while that in itself is not the dangerous thing, the dangerous thing here is projecting yourself on the child such that you're trying to, to achieve your unfulfilled dreams through your child. So you come from a family of dancers, everyone knows how to dance, it comes to you guys naturally. And you just didn't nurture that talent and then here you are, you have a girl and you think, oh my goodness, you, this girl has my genes, she's also going to become a dancer. And then you start, so any small thing, or the girl has just shown, you know, that um, they're interested in dancing. And then you start pushing the girl so, so hard, you know, not even giving them a chance to say, hey, I really want to do this. I enjoy doing this, you know, pushing them so hard. I think that, is harmful and detrimental to the child as well as you know to to the to the whole process to whatever it is that you're trying to do so this whole concept of um high achievement i think we need to sort of regulate it what is high achievement for one person doesn't necessarily have to be high achievement for the other person the important thing is that you need to nurture the child in stages okay understand that the child needs to grow and every at every stage of the process you need to pay attention to what the child is saying back to you um, um what's his name um there's this um famous famous actor whose son at some point no whose daughter at some point the, the daughter is also um a, a music uh, she is a singer she's also a musician um at some point they were going on tour and and she said i don't want to do this anymore she was making a lot of money she she a lot she has a huge 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 um fan base and she said no um this jada pinkett's daughter and she said no I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to go for this show. I don't want to do this concert anymore. I'm just, I've had enough. And 
her dad was um, pushing because her dad had thought, oh, wow, this is going on. So this is, this is going, um, Will Smith, Will Smith. Um, I, I think it was, it was Jada. No, not, I think Jaden, Jaden Smith, the one, the, the, the child who's a singer. The child said, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I just, I want to stop. And he was, you know, tempted to tell the child, no, you cannot stop. Look at all the people who have, who are waiting to see you. Look at all the people. And then it, she, the, the, um, she had, she had a, a hit song, something about her hair. And, and then after that, she cut off the hair. She said, you know what, this is, it was overwhelming. So this whole high achievement thing, we should be careful with the kids. Don't put undue pressure on them. If a child wants something, whether they're talented at it or not, help them to nurture it. If it isn't something that they're willing to do or pursue, just leave it. Every child has a gift and our job is to find their gift and nurture it, not you know, put them under stress. Um, the next one I'm going to be addressing is, is being an uber talented child synonymous to being recalcitrant or naughty. Now research has shown that children who are talented, who are exceptional, right? Permit me to use the word exceptional. Children who are exceptional or who are gifted, so to say, often present with um, behavioral issues. And this is mainly because of the asynchronous um, development that they experience. So the way they have grown, the way they have developed, you know, in terms of their intelligence doesn't quite match their social or emotional development. And so you can find a child, maybe like a five-year-old, who would have a conversation with an adult, like an adult type conversation, hold you on, 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 on very solid conversation points. And then the next thing that same child is crying over a toy that has been taken away from him. And you can't quite match it. Like, was this not the child who was just having this very cool conversation with me? How come, you know, the child still acting this way like a three year old. So because of that asynchronous um, development, they, they often present with behavioral issues. It doesn't mean that they're naughty. It doesn't mean that, you know, they, they want to be bad. It's just part of the challenge that comes with being gifted. And this is one of the reasons why, why twice exceptional, if you've never heard about twice exceptional, please check it out, check it out and read up on it. So children who are considered as twice exceptional or gifted, are also categorized on the special needs because i mean a lot of times you, you you talk about children who have special needs and who have um um deficits or deficiencies but you we forget to look at children who are gifted who are on the other end of the other extreme who have so much gift and present with so um with behavioral issues so it's 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 common to have the children not all children who are exceptional or who have tal who are um, highly talented would present with behavioral issues but it's not uncommon to find that children research has shown shown it to us it's not uncommon to have children who are 
highly talented present with behavioral issues so if you have a child who falls into that category like i said um, check out twice exceptional gifted and talented children what usually happens is that these children also have a separate you know a separate plan to help them manage the behavior issues that they're presenting with and sometimes even they may have some other things going on with them some other conditions going on with them um, affecting all of that talent that they have so maybe a child who is super talented now like will i have who also has adhd then you find that that child is all over the place. The child appears to be destructive when they don't really mean to be destructive. It's just because they really have no control over some of the things that they're doing. So you then have to find a way to help them in the areas where they're struggling. So I hope this session has helped you clarify um, how to identify and nurture talented uh, talent in your child or children if you have more questions please connect with me on social media my handle is at basirat underscore r swipe um, you can also use the hashtag talk to basirat and i will pick it up for copies of my book um, um dragons can sing and I am not naughty, I really, really mean it. Please visit www.thewingfordcenter.com and it's all, they're also available on Amazon. Thank you so much for watching and enjoy the rest of the festival. Mm -hmm.